This episode was previously recorded in 2020 as part of a pod class series titled As For Me. It's recorded stories of women who have made um, a diligent effort to do, as it says in Joshua, as for me and my house. And we're going to unpack the decisions that they've made, the roads that they've traveled, um, the twists and the turns that were very unpredictable, and how they surrendered them over to God. I pray that these episodes are nourishing to you, as they were to us when we recorded them, and even more so as we're going back now post-pandemic and seeing what the Lord was speaking then. I pray that you would be well and adjust your focus. All right, y'all. So I have been having this conversation with God about all the different ways that um, that we could talk, that we could have conversation. And if you've been listening to this, to the podcast at all, or if you've come to any teaching or Bible study that I've facilitated, um, you know that like, it's just a conversation. So I started asking God, like, how could we have conversations, you and I, um, that were beyond just us. And he said to invite some other people into the space. And I just really diligently started praying and asking who, and he said, you don't worry about that. I will send them to you. So one by one, he started pointing out and highlighting different women who have a strong voice, not a loud, obnoxious peacock feather voice. But women who have a heart to hear God and then they open their mouths and their their voice is amplified because it's him speaking through them in the sweetest ways, in different modalities of life. Um, because I honestly, I knew that, let me pause and say, I don't, I hate when I say I too many times because this is not about me. But it um, is because God's called you. So say I as that. See, this is why I have her on this this <laughs> this particular interview because Not what it is. Yeah, cuz like I we've known it like we'll talk about how we knew each other for so many years and for God to bring it back full circle, but at any rate, um I trust, I do trust that God wanted me to find these people to point you to them because I knew that there would be things he needs you to hear that you may not hear it through my voice. You may not hear it through one of my fitness classes. You might not read it through something that I post, but when someone else says it, there will be a word from their mouth that just connects with your heart. It checks your gut, something stirs up in you and you rise up. So um, this is the first of several episodes um, that I'm calling as for me because God said like, there's things that he does in each of our lives that will be hard, fast, non-negotiables that as for me, here's what I'm doing. Because honestly, like in the space that in the the time and season that we live in right now, um, we have to know what our convictions are. 
because otherwise like people will try to sell us and convince us that this is a better way and it's like it reminds me of the song but i think it's francesca battistelli uh great defender where his way is so much better mm. and she said all i did was bow down and worship all i did was stay still and there are things that god will ask us to do that no one else is doing but we need to know as for me and you could take it to the scripture as for me in my house, like your physical building house. But in this house right here, Amen. this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So today I have with me my dear friend, Rev Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> she is my sister in Christ. She is my Zumba sister. This is where we met. <laughs> Um, and this is the beauty of the fitness world is that I've met so many beautiful people that we met through fitness, but then God did something else. Mm -hmm. And half of y'all that I've been in community with, we probably met through fitness. Um, and then God did something else. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to let Rachel tell you a little bit more about who she is, and then we'll dive into this conversation. So Rachel, introduce yourself. Well, first of all, thank you so much uh, for inviting me. I um, I remember us meeting on our little like Zumba instructor Christian, you know, Facebook group page, and just was so blown away by who you are. And so I'm honored and privileged that you would consider me the same category. Um, <laughs> so yeah, but my name is Rachel Ringleben, and <clears throat> I'm a, a pastor in the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America and have been for about five years now. Met Amia because I was actually teaching Zumba classes to fund my seminary education. <laughs> and uh, that's how we met. Um, I you know, have a background in uh, history and sociology in undergrad, and then again, seminary where I studied theology and uh, pretty much church planting and, 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 and mission work. So. Um, after seminary, I traveled for about 16 months within indigenous communities in Latin America and got to know the art of storytelling and the audacity of being, um, the audacity of community speaking life and hope and faith into really unfortunate and terrifying circumstances, not only as an individual, but as communities and as congregations. Um, so I definitely uh, feel like I've been blessed in a way of learning from very diverse groups of people. Um, and I'm just passionate about <laughs> letting people know that God loves them and, um, you know, uh, and, and how we can integrate what we see in scripture, especially like the, the stories of real people in scripture and how that can be integrated in how we live our own lives um, through, how, through who God's calling us to be. Yeah, totally. I am. Um, it's interesting. I was talking to someone just a couple days ago about the art of storytelling and the gift that each one of us has inside of us to tell a story, whether it would be audibly um, or the written word or um, in one of the creative arts mm -hmm. and just how um, we get to tell the story because we know that there's a story to tell. But if we try to tell a story for a person, like, mm. 
you know what I mean? Like, like there's a story to be told, but if you cater your story to the person that you want to hear it, there's a really good chance that you alter your story. And you hide yourself. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the power of storytelling, narrative therapy um, that I used over and over again um, as I was traveling, um, living with groups of people that have experienced genocide or mass sexual violence um, or poverty. I mean, and even as individuals, we, we have our own, no one's immune from trauma. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and the story that we tell ourselves about our traumatic experiences oftentimes put us in a very like shaming narrative, like we should have known better, or this happened for a reason, or, um, or where is God in this? And, um, or maybe I wasn't a Christian enough and that's why this happened to me or any sort of like shaming of like, oh, I could have prevented this when, yeah. Um, when really what Christ speaks into our lives, like in the story of raising of Lazarus is this traumatic thing has happened. Hard pause. <laughs> and right. I am the resurrection and the life. And there is something on the other side of it, but you have to go through it to get to the other side of it. I think that's the power of storytelling. You can tell the truth about what has happened. Yeah. And that still doesn't have the last word yeah. in your life. Come on. So, okay. So here's the thing, like this whole space of as for me and voices, wait, hard pause because y'all. <laughs> so I have to like, I have to just tell you how happy this makes me this morning. Right. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, Rachel and I both have Wonder Woman coffee mugs. And like when I told you, I opened this saying like this, she's my sister. Like when I first signed on to have this conversation and I go to reach for my mug and I look up at the screen and she's got a Wonder Woman mug. I was like, yes, Jesus, <laughs> let's go. Um, but I was saying like in this space of, as for me, like you will change what's on the backside of as for me, if you don't know what's on the other side. Absolutely. Right? And if you want, and I don't mean like a, as for me in the me too space, mm -hmm. right? Like there's a me too, and there's a space for that. Mm -hmm. And there's this, there's this whole other space where God says, like, I want to hear from you. Mm -hmm. I want to hear from you. I don't want you quoting another author. I don't want you telling your story through the lyrics of a song, like those are great. And those are vehicles that will help move us closer to our story, which is why a lot of music is called storyteller music. Mm -hmm. You know, like the writers are storytellers. Um, but I do like, if God didn't intend for us to talk, he would not have given us a voice. Mm. But often, um, we don't even know what we sound like, especially if to the point you made about the narrative, if the narrative we've always heard was X, Y, Z, we don't know any other language, you know? And it's like, we would, we used to tease my husband, like if whenever we'd be traveling in a, like we took some traveling into another country and he doesn't speak a foreign language and he would just speak 
in English louder. And we were like, as someone who has traveled extensively, that does not work. <laughs> we were like, they still have no idea what you're saying, right? So I say that because I don't know, like, I feel like, like God has given us a voice and he knows what we sound like. And he knows when we're speaking as ourselves. Absolutely. Right. And he also knows when we're speaking in a performance voice. Absolutely. He knows when we're speaking in a courage voice. He knows when we're speaking in our productive voice or, you know what I mean? Like whatever the narrative is. Um, and I feel like he looks down and he's like, who is that? Mm. He can see that it's me. Mm. And he sees me, but he's like, who is that? Like, it looks like a Mia, but that does not sound like her. Like recently a, a young lady stopped me at church and she said, um, how can I hear from God? I want to hear, I want to hear him. How do I know if I'm hearing him? And I said, well, it starts with relationship first. You know, when you, when you spend time with him and you get to understand how he speaks and what his word says, the Bible, like the Bible is God and those are his words. So if, if you understand his character and his habits and his rhythms, you'll know when you hear something, even through someone else, if it sounds like God, right? Because if you have a best friend and you just like y'all are joined at the hip and then someone comes around the side corner and says, let me tell you what sister Susie said. And you're like, that doesn't sound anything like Susie. There's no way she would say something like that because you know her, right? And so the more time we spend with God, not only do we begin to hear him, he begins to hear more from us. And he begins to hear like the real side of us, not the performance, not the, you know, posturing so that we could be loved more. And he's like, that's who I've been looking for. I think the converse is true as well, Amia, that the more that we get to know God, the more that we recognize our own authentic self and our own authentic voice so that when, because oftentimes the enemy will use our own voices, like our own half truths against us because it sounds like us, yep. but it's not us. And yep. I feel like that's, that's the gift of discernment that, that as we walk in a relationship with Christ, that we're given, we're given the ability and the patience and grace for ourselves to really listen and figure out what our voice does sound like, um, yeah. you know, um, and that Christ gives us agency in that, you know, and I, I remember when you mentioned to me at first to invite me on this as for me, and I've been thinking about like, what is my as for me? And it, and it changes. I feel like throughout our lives, you know, God leads you into different seasons. And for one season, it's for this and another season you focus on something else. And and I think I told you the story, but I, I, when you, when you asked me to, to really pray, I said, well, what do you want me to talk about? And you're like, well, you tell me. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, so you, you asked me to really think about what it is that God was laying on my heart to, to share. Yeah. And, and I remember, um, after we had that conversation on, on messenger that I went for a run and I was running and running and running and I felt like I was running away from something and I heard God say to me, why are you running away from yourself? 
when you should be running towards yourself. And because I think oftentimes, and maybe especially for women, oftentimes exercise comes out of this like shame of what we look like or, you know, um, you know, I've been through two, our car, two car accidents. I can't move as much as I thought I could, you know, I gained weight and it was like, Oh, I just want to get back to her, you know? And God's like, well, where are you going? Like, well, why don't you run towards her instead of running away from the her that you are right now? And, and so I thought like my ask for me was I will run to myself. I will run to her. And, you know, I thought about what are the words that I would preach to, to the Rachel that, that's still in that place, you know? Yeah. It's almost like the, as for me is like self-talk, right? Mm -hmm. Like self-narrative of if I were you, right? And, and to your point, like, this is how we have to make sure that we let the Holy Spirit guide that because the enemy would say, if I were you, here's what I would do. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it sometimes... I was listening to something yesterday that it said, you know, we, we can't assume that when the enemy wants to talk to us, that he sounds like Freddy Krueger, <laughs> right? Cause that's right, right, right. we're going to be like, Oh no, I know that. And we run like dogs be good at running, yeah. like we run, but he comes in really kind and tenderly just to say like, are you really going to eat that? You don't want to eat that if you eat that, like, you're gonna have to exercise more. Like, you were trying to lose weight. You were doing so well. Don't eat that. Don't eat it. And you might not even use words that feel offensive. Yeah. Sometimes the words feel very regimented and regulating. But it just, like, we have to pause and say, like, well, you know, just, I mean, take it back to the garden, because we get to ask ourselves, like, who said that? Right. Where's this taking me? <laughs> What's on the other side of this conversation? Is it discipline or destruction? Absolutely. I can't remember what theologian, I'm going to, you know, I can't remember now, but there, there's a wonderful theologian who said the, there are two, there are two falls from, or no, there's two sides of grace. One is the fall and one is the recovery of the fall and both are grace. Because the fall reminds us that we need God and the recovery of the fall reminds us that God is with us, you know, and, and I actually started thinking about like running and all those things. And I thought of the story of the prodigal son, you know, leaving and, you know, in, in Luke 15 and it says, you know, while he was still a long way off, you know, his father saw him and filled with compassion for him, ran towards him, threw his arms around him and kissed him. And, and I thought in myself, you know, that each of us, as we follow Christ, that the Holy Spirit is that prodigal father, is that father within us, or that parent, that gentle parent within us that runs towards us. And it's like, well, what are the parts of myself that are this prodigal son hiding? And where can I, through the Holy Spirit, you know, run to that with gentleness and care that the way that that the Holy Spirit runs to, runs to us like a like a parent and and so I keep I kept thinking about that like ask for me and and I I I, I wish I didn't ask so many questions but I do because that's who I am so a lot of my prayer time is asking questions 
So I kept thinking about that. And then I thought of, you know, well, how, if I'm going to, if God is calling me to run towards myself, I'm going to need to learn how to do that. Cause I don't, I, I, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and, yeah. and I just, and so I felt God saying like, well, how can you bless and honor the person that has endured these things? Mm. And, and I think oftentimes we get stuck on the things that get in the way. You know, I, I also, I, I wonder, you know, well, what would have happened if like the prodigal or the, the father like tripped and like fell on the way to like, running towards the sun. And I feel like when we try to run towards ourselves with compassion, like we trip over things that get in the way. And that can be, you know, any kind of trauma that we've experienced in our, you know, right now in our country, people are experiencing trauma very blatantly um, visible in our, in our world right now, whether that be racism or, um, you know, homophobia or um, incarceration of, you know, family member or, you know, mental health and, even today as we're recording this, it's 9-11 and it's like we're going through this like communal trauma together um, through also this pandemic that's happening. Yeah. It can be, you know, an abusive relationship. Like I feel like all these things kind of get these, it's like an obstacle course as we try to run towards ourselves with the compassion that God gives us. Um, and you've, you've said that you're, you're, um, your channel or your, your, um, Instagram channel is about focus and like adjusting our focus. Yeah. And, and I don't know if, I don't know if the path is cleared for us as we run, but I feel like God equips us with a focus so we can see clearly and tell the story with compassion, you know, as we, as we learn to run towards ourselves. And so it is, it's like, what if instead of, you know, we were talking about this before we started recording, you know, um, None of us have lived through a global pandemic before. Uh, I don't think, yeah, I don't think anybody who's alive during Spanish flu is maybe still alive, but if they are like, they're like the one or 2% of the like population that could like uh, counsel us on this. Right. Um, but I thought of, you know, I keep hearing that phrase, like just power through, just, pa just power through. And I'm like, but I don't know if God created us to power through. You know, what if God created us to love ourselves through this instead of powering through this? There's a, um, I want to stay in that. There's a, there's a book that I just wrapped up a group study with. Um, she's a woman of God and a um, counselor therapist. Um, her name is Andy Colber. The book is Try Softer. Mm -hmm. And this understanding of like, you don't have to like, grit your teeth and like squeeze your knuckles till like you're losing the color in your skin trying to like power through what if you tried softer mm. what if you noticed what's happening in your body what if you noticed your responses and reactions to the things and the people and the conversations and then you paused long enough to make a like qualified decision, right? Like a conscious decision that says, okay, I know this feeling because I've been here before and I know how I used to respond and I know the outcome of that. So here's a better way. Yeah. You know, not acting as if it's not happening, like be, I think she calls it um, compassionate attention paying compassionate attention to yourself, to your surroundings, to your emotions, to your physical body, 
like realizing that like my jaw may be clenching and I don't know it. My shoulders may be drawn. I might've been holding my breath, even though I'm in the middle of a conversation with someone. You know what I mean? And just even the visual of like running to the part of me that still needs healed mm -hmm. is so vulnerable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because never mind the father tripping. What if I trip? <laughs> like what if, right? Yeah. All the things could go wrong. I could step on a rock and roll my ankle. I could, I could hear all the voices behind me saying, where do you think you're going? You're fine. You don't have to run, like shuffle your feet. You know what I mean? Like, but God might be saying, no, I need you to run, mm. run. Like the visual of like, I don't know, like, as you were saying that I could see, I mean, I, I could literally vision, like visualize myself running. And it's crazy because that, like, that's one of the practices in the book is she's, there's this part of the compassion atten attention is sitting with yourself and visualizing yourself as a better self not because you're trying to fix yourself but because God has a better way mm. and the narrative that has told you which way to go it, like it makes me think of like Alice in Wonderland where like you find this little vial of something and it says drink me and you're like yeah. okay maybe this will work and then you like shrink and you're like oh no you know but, but it's so true I mean because I do feel like oftentimes we want that quick fix we don't want to go through the I mean who wants to go through pain right um and I think that's when the the narrative of Lazarus and and the grief of Mary and Martha I mean for, for as much as we poo-poo on Martha, you know, about like, oh, she was being busy. But like during the death of her brother, like she ran out to greet Jesus and Mary stayed inside. Yep. You know, and then when Mary comes to Jesus, she says, if you would have been here, my brother would not have died. Yeah. Boom. She told Jesus as it is, like, where were you? Yeah. Because my brother wouldn't have died. And, and Jesus doesn't correct her. Yeah. Here's the reality of that, of that experience and the pain that, of that experience. That speaks to you earlier saying like some of your prayers are mostly questions. Like that's, Oh yeah. Jesus saying like, um, did you really have to take so long? And, and I feel like, <laughs> yeah. we, right. Like, I feel like when we pray in questions saying like, really got like, you do know that like, I got this thing going on and like, we've been talking about this for the last 10 years and like, could you resurrect my Lazarus? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But I feel like we sometimes want the resurrection and we can't do it until we face the truth of the, like of the crucifixion or of the death. Yeah. Like we can't, we can't resurrect something that won't die. Man, that could be like a whole, that's a whole nother episode because. <laughs> and, and, I think, and I think that oftentimes it is in, you know, in, in Jeremiah, God, God tells the nation of Israel, you know, I have loved you with an everlasting love. And these are people that have been through conquering and being slaves and you know a remnant of people that want to return yeah you know and he's like but i will build you up again mm. and that doesn't resonate if we don't look at our ruins with love yeah and um mm. you know uh saint Teresa of avila says uh 
a sinner is one who actually does not love herself enough. Hmm. And because I think oftentimes we think like sin is just these like these things that we do or don't do, but it's, I, I really enjoy that understanding of it because we act or don't act based on whether or not we love ourselves yep. and believe that God loves us. That's that compassionate attention. Yeah. That's what that is. Cause it just to know that, well, and I think that that would be why so many of us hesitate to find our truest voice because it's the assumption of like, no, like this is who I've always been. This is how God has made me like flaws and all. And I'm like, yes. And <laughs> you know, that like, I don't know. It just, there, it's a really fine line between accepting yourself in your current state, mm. understanding that like we're all, we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of the glory. Right. But then knowing that there's an invitation, the prodigal, like there's an invitation where God's like, Hey, like come home. Right come home. Like you've been groveling long enough. Even if your groveling looks like you've been doing well, you've been out there feasting on kind of rubbish. Yeah. When there's like so much more for you over here. But if we don't know if what we have, if we think this is the best that there is mm. good or bad, Right. Like, cause the, cause this assumption is that, well, the person that's really wealthy and they're highly successful, they've got the two kids and the marriage and the picket fence. Like they're not going to see why they need Jesus. Cause their life is great. Yeah. Right. The assumption is that that's the person that needs to see why they need Jesus. But what about the person that all they've known is poverty and negativity and body shaming and a less than mindset? So here, so here's where I love the story of the prodigal son in, in Luke 15 and shout out to my friend Mandy, who's actually a new Testament scholar. And like, she did her whole thesis on this. Yeah. So I got to like hear, and I was like, I never knew all of this. So it was really cool to like watch her do her PhD and, and dig deep in this parable. But the pro the, the father, the parent in the story goes out for both sons so the son who recognizes or may have been like the fallen, you know, the black sheep for, you know, lack of a better term, yeah. um, you know, the reject, the, the, the failure, you know, right. he runs out and it's easy because we go, well, yeah, but he was a failure. And then, you know, he recognized, you know, he was, he needed the parent, but then you have the older son who has been doing all the right things, who will not even go inside hmm. to celebrate the return of his brother, but the father goes out of the party to go find the older son. So the, the parent and the, the, the parent in the story goes out for both hmm. and says, your, and I love it because the older son goes, your son, instead of saying my brother, right? He says, your son did this, 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 and this. And then the father says, yes, but your brother. Hmm. Yeah. was dead and now he's alive. And I do feel like even sometimes both of those brothers live within us, you know, the one that just wants to get every, like wants to do everything correctly. And that means that we'll be 
okay. And the one that has lived through trauma and whatever else in our life that we struggle with. And God, like relentless. I love that song. Um, is it relentless? The relentless love of God. Oh, oh uh, uh, Corey Asbury, the reckless love of God. Love. That's what it is. Yes. I think of that, like that song, I think of that. And I think of, you know, the reckless love of God chases both versions of ourselves. The one that we present to people and the one that's like tripping over like barrels of hay as we're running home, you know, <laughs> like, Let's say there's a song I recently came across. Um, the group is uh, Isla Worship, I think. Mm. Isla Vista Worship, mm. and it's called "Opened Up." Opened up the heavens, mm -hmm. and in the song, it's got this real like. I'm gonna age myself, but it sounds like Manhattan Transfer. Do you remember that group? <laughs> I can make you feel better and say okay. yes, but. <laughs> okay, so it's got this like Phil Collins, like. Okay, I know who Phil Collins is. Yeah, it's kind of like a mix of like a, like a Phil, or even who's, it kind of has like a need to breathe vibe. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. With, like real earthy kind of like, they found an old piano and just banged away on the keys. It's got this like folky sound to it. And like the voices, all the singers, the voices are like super raspy and like not breathy, but like grungy. Um, and it just sounds like he's talking to God through his piano. Mm. And he's like, you could have chosen not to, but you opened up the heavens. Mm. You could have chosen not to, but you sent your own son. And, and like, you didn't just sin him, but he died. Like you, and he starts going down this list of things of what God has done for us and, and how grateful we get to be and how we get to live in this posture of gratitude. And that's so like, even just like what you were saying, like, if we don't, if we don't recognize the opportunity that there's something that we get to run to, mm. like, we're like, no, I'm good. I'm good either in my penthouse or I'm good in my outhouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't yeah. have nothing to run to. You and know? I think, yeah, and I think we can collapse the two into understanding. Like, that's why I was saying in the beginning, like, no one is immune from trauma. And like, we don't, we don't know what someone's story is by looking at them. Mm. Um, and, yeah. and, um, and, I, and I was thinking about when, when Christ is asked, like, what is the greatest commandment, right? And he, and he, and he talks about the, the principal Jewish uh, law or the understanding of what it means to be in relationship with God is you will love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. And you will love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, I was thinking about that, that whole... As but we forget to love ourselves. And I, I, and I was, like I said, the first time we had this conversation, I was like, I feel like sometimes we live vicariously through the love of others. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking about that, like, sometimes we can look in the mirror and we say, thank you, God, you know, for loving me with an end of everlasting love. So I'm going to borrow, and it's fine. Like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's not good, that we borrow God's love 
mm-hmm. and live through that, right? So we say, thank you, God. And so we look in the mirror and we say, you know, well, God loves me, so that's enough. Or my mom loves me or my best friends love me. But I also feel like God is calling us and perhaps maybe just me, but I think everybody, I think other people can relate. But I felt like in this time in my life, God is asking me to take a step of faith, to love, to, for me, Rachel, to look in the mirror and say, I love you. And I'm not borrowing someone else's affection or someone else's support or even God's own you know, love for me. And I'm not saying I don't want God to love me. Please don't. That's not what I'm saying. But I often feel that sometimes we get stuck on relying on this romantic or this um, uh, ethereal understanding of God's love for us when God's love is transformative. Mm. It's not just a feel good about yourself thing. It it transforms us. Um, I hope I'm making sense because I'm not saying God's love doesn't make No, it makes perfect sense because I literally, no joke, like I'm, one of my Facebook updates today said, like I started typing and it became like really long and like extra words. So I've been really mindful of like, cut back your words, Mia, say what you need to say. Um, But it was something to the effect of what if we could be kind to ourselves without feeling guilty? Absolutely. Or full of shame for caring. Hmm. And that comes out of a space of what you were just saying of where I have received this love from God that is so like, it has wrecked me. Mm-hmm. It has wrecked me to the point that I am willing to run closer to my truest self. Absolutely. I'm tired of being back there. Like I was having a conversation today with somebody about when God has set you free from a Galatians five, like it's for freedom that you've been set free. So stay free. Don't let anybody cut in on you and tell you that you did it wrong, right? And when you're free, what in whatever area of life, like until we get to heaven, like we're gonna keep working on the freedom, you know what I mean? But if you find- We're still on this side of paradise. So it's, we're gonna run into ourselves every day. (laughs) Right, right, right. So like, as for me, like here I am in this space of freedom where God has rescued me from myself to myself to him, then others will catch a glimpse of that and say, what did, how'd you get that? I want to do that. I'm like, well, first of all, what you see, you don't know what I came from. Preach. There's a different level of what I got (laughs) because I am the one that God loves and he loved me so hard that he had to get rid of some junk. Absolutely. have my junk. You can't have my freedom. You can have freedom. freedom, But you won't have the kind that I have because you have other other stuff, right? And it's just like, and and we were just talking about like the space of where your freedom calls you into a space that others might look at you and say, that's not gospel. I can't believe you're doing that. I can't, like, are you really saved? Like, they might not say, are you really saved, but they begin to question the level of your sanctification. Yes. And here's, and here's how we know that's what happens. Going back to the scriptures, right? Yep. The threat that Jesus posed, I don't really believe, was that he was God. Mm. I really think that the religious leaders of the time were so threatened by someone operating out of the freedom to move and live in the world as one who is truly loved and who truly loves themselves. Yeah. 
Yeah. I yes. Cause I, I mean, honestly, I, cause I think, um, we can kind of naysay about like, Oh, if I was there and I would no, you wouldn't believe like you, you, <laughs> like most of us who were in the church, like we would have been like, who is this weirdo? Um, you know, but I, I really, I really think that the, the threat that Jesus posed so many people is that, is that he scared them. He showed them what it was possible through the Holy Spirit to live and operate in life and in this world, fully aware of God's love for him yeah. and fully aware of his love for himself and fully aware of his love for the world. Yeah. That's what one of the a leadership training that I recently did, um, the pastor who spoke, he was talking about just in this space, even of just racial justice, that... Um, we get to be mindful that like Jesus had emotions, right? Yeah. But he knew how far to take his emotions so that he didn't disregard the father, mm. right? He, his authority like maintained his emotions enough to get the point across without breaking that bond. Mm. And he was like, Jesus got angry and he flipped over tables so like let your anger be your anger just don't hurt anybody you know what absolutely I mean? absolutely your anger is righteous to be able to say this is not what god would want i am angry about it be angry you know mm -hmm. and he talked about um jesus carried the emotion of humility that kind of would gut check people <laughs> like where jesus was like hold on a second like if I'm getting ready to wash your feet and you can't receive it, like you got bigger problems. Right, you got bigger problems. <laughs> the, like, you got bigger problems than that. <laughs> right, you know, let's go over here and talk for a second. Let me have a word with you. <laughs> right. But even just to um, what was the other emotion he gave? Um, oh, now I can't remember. But he just kind of walked down this vein of like, we can't pretend that whatever capacity you're leading in, that you're not allowed to have emotions, right? Mm -hmm. Even in this space of like finding my voice and knowing my hard, fast, non-negotiables, um, my convictions, my emotions are going to be tapped into. And as I'm leading myself and leading others, I have to see to it that my position of authority and my covenant with Christ maintains where it says like god hasn't given me the spirit of fear but you know what he has given me love power self-discipline or yes. sound mind, whichever translation you look at but then even like this morning i was looking in colossians 3 of like here's how you get to maintain your life in this new life mm. it's new i have run i'm coming hard towards myself yes I'm coming hard towards myself because the father gave me permission to come. And here's this new way that I'm going to live. I'm going to get rid of all these other things that used to be who I was before I said yes to Christ. You know, and I think that's a good question to ask ourselves and everyone who's listening is what would you need to give yourself permission to run to yourself? Yeah. yeah the permission slips. Oh man. Um, and I think, um, cause I, this morning I was reading, um, in sec I'm, I'm just going to read it cause I have it here, but in second Corinthians five, 
oftentimes when we read this, and I'm not saying it's a bad, I mean, this is how it was written originally. It was for a community of, of believers to, to, to listen to this letter from Paul to integrate. And in our conversation this morning, you know, this afternoon, I mean, yeah, I wonder, you know, as we, as, as I read through this, what, if, what if we thought about it as an integration of ourself and God? So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though once we regard Christ, we regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, and the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to God's self through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sin against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Yeah. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though we were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. And I thought about what if I, what if we preach that to ourselves? Like, what if it's, what if, what if we had the boldness to live with an integrity that we can live as an integrated and reconciled human being? Yeah. Yeah. It First, just, between ourselves and God. And second, between ourselves and ourselves. Like, right. well, and what it needs just, to be reconciled within us. What, yeah. what is it that we need to be the ambassador of Christ to our, to our trauma, to our pain, to our suffering, to our, you know, unrequited dreams in our lives mm. so that we can turn and like you said, show others what it looks like to run with compassion towards mm. the person that God is calling us to be. Um, yeah. Well, and what's crazy with that, and I'm like, it, it is blowing my mind just a little bit right now, because when I sat on Colossians 3 this morning, that was kind of the the question that God posed to me was, what if you lived like this, right? And the self-righteous, prideful person would say, oh no, God, I am. Didn't you see what I did yesterday? <laughs> yeah, that's the elder brother in our, in our, <laughs> right. in our story that like comes out. Right. Yeah. And he's like, Amia Freeman, did you, are you even listening to yourself right now? You know, because um, even, I'm going to read this really quick because it just, it would do a disservice not to. So Colossians 3, 5, it says, um, so put to death the sinful earthly things lurking around you have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy for a greedy person is an idolater worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world. That's that <laughs> the girl back there but now is the time to get rid of anger rage malicious behavior slander and dirty language don't lie to each other for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked wicked deeds <clears throat> put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know i'm sorry be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him in this new life, it doesn't matter if you are Jew or Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in us. And this is the part that checked me. So since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourselves with tender mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, making allowance for each other's faults, and forgive 
anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Mm -hmm. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule your hearts. And that's where I say, like, that's the capacity where we're maybe the person because I've, I've had so many conversations with women that are like, well, yeah, I probably, you're right. I probably could. Or like, yeah, you know what? That makes perfect sense. Like, I know that I need to, or I have to, or I'm sure my family would love it if I <laughs> did the work, you know what I mean? But like, there's no commitment. Hmm. There's no commitment because now it is what you've just shared with me is worthy what you've just shared with me is really good and it's sound. And yes, that's one of my favorite verses. I don't know what to do next. And, and so the questions on the opposite side of the person says like, well, how do I move forward? And even with right motives, then we begin to offer them a narrative hmm. or we seek or we're the ones seeking. So then the offer is given, we receive the offer but then when we don't do the work, it's their fault. Mm. Never have we taken on the responsibility to say, you know what, that is what I need to do. I will fill in the blank. As Absolutely. for me, I'm Absolutely. <laughs> you know? and, um, and I, I think one of the most uh, clear image, clearest images that I have, whenever I think of, of someone living like that, other than Christ, obviously, like, ejemplo numero uno, like, example number one. <laughs> um, but we've, but I think you're right. When, when we say yes to God, we are in turn saying yes to ourselves, to our, to our true selves, not in a selfish way, yeah. but in a freedom walking way, living boldly with integrity way. And, and I think of um, one of my dear, dear, like, she's like my sister, um, but my my friend Lola in in Guatemala, and she is this petite little Mayan woman mm. who has lived this whole country, that whole country, and that community has lived through genocides and dictatorships and horrors that um, are horrific. And she is the most spirit filled, joyful, operating out of freedom person I've ever met. Mm. And it's not because she negates that those things matter yeah. or you know, kind of put a Band-Aid over it. It's because she tells the truth about the pain. Yeah. Mm. And the audacity or the faithful prophetic witness of her is fully showing up. Yeah. In a defiant, joyful way to the rest of the world. And, you know, um, and I had a moment this past week, actually, where I was like, oh, I wish I, you know, I should have channeled my inner Lola, you know, but, <laughs> but I was, uh, so I joined a choir when I was in um, Argentina before I had to evacuate because of the borders closing. And so now we're like doing choir rehearsals online. Um, we do like these like section rehearsals on Zoom calls. <laughs> and so I sang and then my choir director, Sylvia, she like leaned over her camera like this and like looked at me and she was like, which means I know you have more to give. You know, it's so funny. Like I can't, I'm like, oh no, she saw like, me. That's like, <laughs> I 
I'm going to need you to send that to me in, like type it out in Spanish. Yeah. Yeah. And that's going to be the title of this episode. <laughs> I know more to give. And I was like, oh my goodness, this woman just shined a light on, on, on when I, on when we get into our, I'm not ready to be seen. I'm, I don't have a voice to be heard. I, what, who am I? You know, it's that, well, who are you to think that you can, that you can change something or who are you to think that, and it's, it's like that old quote. It's like, well, who are you not to be beautiful and brilliant and joyful and I and I you know that's why I love the story of Hagar so much in Genesis 16. Um, first of all she's amazing. Um, second of all you know God like when she runs out the first time into the desert you know fleeing what's happened um, where she was uh, pretty much the property of, of Abram and Sarai you know she runs out and God and she starts crying and God says Hagar where are you coming from and where are you going? Mm. And, you know, she tells God the story. And, and in that moment, she names God, El Roy, the God who sees me. She's the first person in the Bible to name God. She is a woman. She is an immigrant. She is not a person of power or privileged privilege mm. and she names god the god who sees wow and god free and i feel like that is who god when i think of god that is who god is in my life it is it is the great parent who sees me and frees me to see myself with the same love and compassion through which he sees me Oh my goodness. All of me. Because he knew the story. He wasn't like, hey, I was uh, over here taking a coffee break. What happened, Hagar? No. Like, he knew what was happening. God knew the story, but God freed her to tell her story. Mm. I love that. He sees me. He frees me to see myself. And can I just tell you, like, I, like I could break out into just happy tears right now because... God is just in this space of the voice of us finding our voice and knowing, knowing what we sound like. Um, because he said several months ago, like, you're going to give women voice lessons. And I reached out to a friend of mine who is classically trained, studied music history as her major. And I reached out to her and I said, so here's what he said. And she was like, huh, are you a voice coach? And I was like, no. <laughs> I was in the eighth grade choir if that counts you know and I said I don't know what I don't know what this is but I know that a couple years ago he told me to get louder and I know that like loud scares me right I did a I wrote a whole blog post for um, Revelation Wellness on why loud scares me and it just comes from like growing up in that where I was like I don't want any parts of that because on the back end of the loud is anger and fear and rejection and hostility and manipulation. And I don't want any parts of that. So for God to come to me and say, get loud and teach people how to be louder. I'm like, no, <laughs> like I will have no parts of that. And he said, you need to understand what loud is. Cause that's not loud. That like, 
that's the enemy trying that Paul talks about, right? That's the clanging gong. Yes. There's no love in it. Yeah. And he's, and that's what he said. It's like, that's the, that's the enemy's roaring lion versus the lion of Judah growl, right? Mm. Where there's authority and there's authenticity and there's power behind the articulation. And so it, fast forward and the other day he said to me like well you know the reason they can't hear um or first he said there's an auditory processing disorder happening across the globe and this is why people are confused about whether or not i've spoken to them and why they think they can't hear me and if they can't hear me they can't hear themselves because they are created in my image mm. And he said, but if we can fix the auditory processing disorder, we can fix the issue. And so I started Googling like, what's an auditory processing disorder? And turns out it's nothing wrong with the ear or the inner ear. There's like a missing wire, not even cognitively, just like the information's going in, the brain catches it, but there's a processing disconnect. Mm -hmm where it's almost as if like my phone's plugged in, but like if there's a knot in the, not even for that, like what if there was like a small little slit where, where all these little tiny wires that are in this cord, one wire gets cut hmm. and it can be plugged in, but it's taken forever to charge because there's one wire that's been cut. And he said that wire is not even severed, it's just clamped. Hmm. And it's usually gripped by trauma. Yeah. So I start researching more about understanding, like, just, I know that trauma is like a buzzword right now. And everybody's talking about like, how do we heal from trauma and all the things. And everybody's geeking out over like sensory nerves and like mirroring neurons and all this stuff. But what he said was like, it, it does come from trauma, but like, we have to understand that there's like an immediate connection between all of our senses that the things that we see, the things that we touch, um, this like aversion to certain tastes and certain textures to certain sound, like it's all connected. And that if our hearing goes out, like we know that if you lose one sense, the others become heightened. But what if the sense that was lost was due to a trauma? Mm -hmm. It's heightened, but that means your fight or flight got jacked up right? It got amplified. Yeah, absolutely. So, and you think about like a person that has lost their hearing, their voice begins to change. And if it's a person who was born without hearing, they don't know what it sounds like to speak. So often they have to go through speech lessons. Yeah. I mean, my, my, uh, my, my youngest bonus sister, as I call her instead of stepsister, she, she was born deaf. And mm. so, um, and like her voice, like her actual voice, right? She, she doesn't know what her actual voice sounds like. Only the people around her know what that actually sounds like. But the way that she has stepped into her full self, like she, she has a voice that is kind and compassionate to the world around her, whether that's through sign language or through typing or whatever it is. And, and I often, I often, I think you're right that, that it's not, that it is this, we can either view the world through our trauma, right? 
or we can love ourselves in that trauma because God has said that doesn't define us, that doesn't have the last word. Yeah. And then we can love the world through which Christ loved. That's why I love the fact that in scripture, Christ has wounds after he is resurrected. He doesn't come back and like all shiny and new. Like, no, he's like, here, put your hand here, put your hand here. Like, look at all these things. It's not because the crucifixion didn't happen. Yeah, come on. It's not the end. So I feel like we, instead of, instead of running from our trauma, what if God is calling us to lean into it, to say, this doesn't have power over me anymore. And not be afraid to show your scars. And show your scars. I mean, and I, think of, and I, I mean, especially of today, right? So we're, we're in the space of like remembering like, you know, where we were on 9-11. And I feel like each of us walk around with our own personal 9-11s. Like we know whether that was like the day we decided to leave an abusive relationship or the day that a family member died or a day that our parent, our parents got divorced. Like we walk around with our personal dates of trauma. Yeah. You know, where, where I was, where was I when, you know, my, my child died, you know, and it still feels like it happened yesterday or, you know, where was I when my grant, when, when, you know, um, when, uh, where was I when, you know, the soldiers came into my village, you know, and that's, God doesn't run away from that. Yeah. Yeah. God runs towards that. Yeah. So what if we ran towards that too, with, with zero fear of what we're going to uncover when we start uncovering those things that we've been walking around hiding for so long? Man, I wish you could see the piece of paper where I've just been like jotting down things as you're speaking. because It looks like a jigsaw puzzle of random thoughts, but it just... I love that when we're mindful enough to lean in to what God's been saying to us, even when we question, is that God? Yes. Right? When we're willing to ask the questions, like, wait, God, I think I just heard whatever. Is that what you were saying? Or even if it's like, you sit down and you write it out or you go Google and start searching the scriptures. Like, is that in the Bible? What does God have to say about that? I think that's when we begin to find the ant, not just the answers of like a solution to like, cause we like we've grown up in such a culture that like, there's a, there's an app for that. You know what I mean? Or there's an oil for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not, not even that, but like, what if we sought, his response to what we're feeling and thinking part of it is so that we could hear his grace of it's perfectly okay that you're questioning this right that's part of it but then the other side of it is the asking creates like the rsvp to draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Really? I mean, Amia, look at, that's why, I, I mean, again, the Gospels, if anyone is out there listening, read the Gospel of Mark, read the Gospel of Luke, read how Jesus responds to trauma. And he doesn't shame people. Yeah. I mean, we have women and men throwing themselves at the, at the feet of Jesus 
I think of like the garrison demoniac in, in Mark, who's like tormented by like all of this demonic activity and he yeah. runs out and he's just like, my name is Legion. I mean, we all got Legion. We got, we got, we, we all have, we all have the, the innumerable things in our life that we wish had not happened or we wish that we had not participated in or we wish that, you know, someone else's hatred or racism or misogyny would inflict upon us. We, we carry that around and Jesus doesn't run away. He's like, all right, bro, bring it. What do you got? And you know, or to the woman who's hemorrhaging. It is, he turns and looks at her. He calls her daughter. He speaks love and healing into trauma. Yeah. And what if we had, what if we allowed Christ to use our own mouths to speak those words to us? Yeah. You know, instead of shying away from what we prefer to have not been reality. Or assuming but, that the words have to come from someone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. He, I mean, I really honestly believe that he would rather that we sat with him and heard him so we can speak it over ourselves, right? The Bible says, encourage yourself, right? Like, I think that that's his heart is that we would have spoken with him so that we could then have a conversation with ourselves rather than running to someone else that we have now elevated above God, like, well, this author said, and that Bible teacher said, and I was at that conference and this worship song and God's like, those are great tools. And those are my people that I've appointed to do what they're doing, but like, they're not God. Right. And if we're not careful, like we can run to a conference quicker than we run to the cross. And I think that's, but that's the, that's the gauging of the conversation. It is by going to this conference, am I running away? Or am I running towards? Am I avoiding something or am I running to something? Because I know God is going to carry me through it. And one of the, and again, I hope that people watching and listening understand like we are not perfect. Like we got Wonder Woman mugs, but we are hard. <laughs> it's just a cup. It's, it's just like I wake up every morning and I'm like, thank you, Lord, like for every single thing that has ever happened to me or that I've walked through or have seen happen to people I love. Like that's not what's happening here. Like we are seriously broken individuals oh. that happen to be in love with a God who loves broken things. Right. Like God loves broken people. Therefore I should be able to love myself because for crying out loud, if the God of the universe can love something broken, why can't I, <laughs> you know? And, and I, and like I said, maybe the beginning is like, you know, I might not be, praise God. I might not be projecting to the world, the self that I wish people saw, mm. but I am showing up for the first time in a very long time, more authentically, more kind, more generous because God has taken me on this journey to be that to myself. And, mm. you know, and something I started doing, I don't know if this is helpful for anyone. Um, because again, like I, I hate going like, this is helpful. And then it like becomes like prescriptive. Like if it doesn't work, throw it out, you know, but something right. that's helped me is that in the morning, you know, I do my yoga in the morning and that just helps me because, you know, car accident, back injury, you know, stretching is helpful. Right. So, um, but I started doing something called a body scan and body scans are used one in, um, you know, in social work and in, um, and in like, uh, uh, trauma counseling and all of that. And then as well, body scans were used 
in the early spirituality of the Christ, the desert mothers and fathers that fled into the desert and like um, were trying to you know communicate and renew their faith in God. Um, and so it pretty much you just like go through your you ask like okay where where am I where do I have tension where am I you know clenching my jaw where am I squinting my eyes where am I flooring my brow that's kind of the basics of a body scan. And what I felt the Lord telling me was, okay, great, you're doing your body scan, but that's just telling like the obvious, like my shoulders are hunched, my, you know, but then it was like, well, what if you spoke healing? What if you blessed her, Rachel? Mm. Like, what if you blessed yourself? Wow. And so I started doing this thing where I would start at my, at my feet and bless my feet, bless the places that I have walked, Bless even the circumstances where I stumbled. Wow. Um, go up to my knees. Where have I, that you bless the times I've knelt in prayer, but also bless the times that I fell down. Because without those times, I wouldn't be who I am. You know, blessing my hips that I have salsa danced and done Zumba and bless the orphans that I have carried on my hips. Mm. You know, blessing the shoulders, the, the backpacks I've carried, um, you know, um, blessing, um, you know, uh, blessing the places that I experience health issues and honoring the pain that existed in that area, in, in that area. Um, and, he, and, and blessing every part because without those things, I wouldn't be who I am today. And I'm telling you, it, it has been, it's, I, and I, I, I can say the word healing, but it is, it is that what I was talking about in second Corinthians, it is that reconciling the good and, and the not so good, you know, experience of one's life, honoring and running towards the person that has lived through and endured because she's, she didn't go anywhere. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like just, even as you, even as you started speaking like the, the process of working up your body, like I could feel, I could feel myself just following your instructions of like, what about my feet? Like, how could I bless my feet? I could feel something in me Mm -hmm. stirring up of like, (laughs) yeah. Oh, I cry immensely (laughs) after I do the body scan. So just know that, like, I mean, because like I said, I mean, that's why, that's why Christ came in a, in a human body, because oftentimes we think of trauma or, or, or a car accident or, you know, a death in the family or any, any, any traumatic experience that we've had as something in our head yeah. or our heart, but our body carries all of that, yeah. all of it. I mean, you think about just when we don't move. injury aside um or medical reason aside like if we're not moving just in day to day but moving in in like the goals that you set or you know that god has called you to do something if we're not moving it's usually the trauma that we're carrying in that part of our body that says you can't move absolutely Starting from the feet, like if your feet have been convinced that they're not ready, there's no movement. Absolutely. And I, 
a few years ago, I, I had some really uncomfortable and painful medical issues that I thought, I'm never going to get over this. I, I'm not, I mean, and the treatments felt like they were worse than the dang, you know, condition. And, and in, and even in my body scans, it's like, I, I, like I, when I, when I say like, God bless this part, because I know, I know, like, I know the person who was sitting in that chair receiving these medical treatments and, you know, um, you know, having, having escaped an abusive relationship, like loving, even as a, as a Christian, like Christian women and Christian leaders are not like, we're not immune from things in the world. Like yeah. we're not immune from those things. God uses those things to, I, I really do believe to allow us to be empath empathic with others. Yeah. And the more, the more I have reached down into myself to love the parts that cringe, mm -hmm. the more the Holy Spirit says, we're not done yet. Why are you leaving? Why are you giving up on yourself? Yeah. And, I, and I pray that anyone listening to know, like, your story is not done. It wasn't done in that moment where you feel like you've been dealing with for your whole life it doesn't stop like your life hasn't stopped and your story hasn't stopped yeah man i tell you like like i want to keep going like i just looked at the clock and i'm like man we've been going for an hour already <laughs> like an hour and 20 minutes i'm like i would like this can't be the last conversation with us like this, this message of as for me is going to be bigger than I can even think about right now. Um, because I've just, God said, go without a framework. He just said, I need you to go. Um, <clears throat> but specific to just the way he uses your voice to call people up. Um, and the fact that you're willing to go. Um, just, I know that this conversation will keep going. Like we're going to continue this. I don't know if it's a part two. I don't know if it's a class. I don't know, but it just, it has to happen because like, I would love to walk some women through the body scan. I would, I would be, I would love to do that actually, if we wanted to do that as a second, yeah, part of, like, you know, practice together. Yeah. Um, body scan blessing like that is that's guided because I think that there are a lot of women to your point of like what could I bless that I've been cringing or cursing or cursing right so the idea of scanning your body just hearing that for some will be like no why would I do that like why would I put myself in that discomfort but as we talked about when we first started, like, if I don't know what's on the other side, I have two choices. Go in the understanding that like God's going to go with me. Or I don't know what's over there. I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because right here could be, right here could be a perceived good 
or a perceived, it is what it is. Here's where I am. As for me, I'm gonna stay put because like, I don't want to touch anything because I don't know what might happen. Yeah. You know? And it just, like you, you mentioned it earlier, of just like, just because a person doesn't look like they haven't experienced trauma or aren't living in trauma, doesn't mean that they're not walking in trauma. I promise you, Amia, um, one of the funniest things that ever happened to me, and not like, ha ha funny, but just like, you have no idea, ha 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 funny, was when I was doing my pastoral internship, I had someone come up to me, because I like was preaching about like forgiveness and all this kind of stuff, and they were just like, you have no idea, and I was 20, 28, 29, 28. Yeah. And they're like, you have no idea. You know, you, you don't, you don't have enough life experience to be up there preaching about this. And I, I mean, I could have been like, but again, like I don't owe this person my story cause I know mine. Right. Right. But I just like laughed internally and I was just like, oh, this person. you know, I was just like, okay. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, uh, I hear you. Um, I will say I probably have lived 10 lifetimes by the time I'm like 28, you know, and, and so I just, um, you know, I think maybe that's a really good, important thing to, to highlight here, right? Like, as we talk about storytelling and being honest with God with your story, like you're only called really to be honest with God first about your story. No one, you don't owe anyone your story, your experience. And I think that's why I was so nervous about doing this podcast with you Mia because at first I was like well I've been really honest with God about my story but <laughs> like you know um but to share with like whoever's going to listen like yeah I am a I'm a Christian I'm a follower of Christ I'm a pastor and bad things still have happened to me and yeah. to people that I love and to countries that I love and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and like I said at the beginning no one is immune from life, from trauma. And, you know, and I, I, I just want women listening to this, listening to my voice, to know you are so brave to even listen to this right now. Like you are taking the first step by listening, by saying, I want to experience God in a new way. I want to find my as for me. I want God to unearth, you know, what is it that, 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 that uh, is said in Hosea? Break up the fallow ground. It is time to seek the Lord. Like, allow God to do the breaking. And not in a, not in a violent, you know, harmful way. But it's, it's that kind of when you're... Um, I can only compare it to like when we're making masa to make tortillas. Like you have to like beat it and beat it and beat it in order for it to like get to a place where we, like you can like form something or like you said, like on the potter's wheel, like you got to throw it and there's, there's breakage, but it's not harmful. And so I pray, um, I pray that this has made sense. <laughs> I pray that the Holy Spirit, we know that the word of God does not come back void. And I pray that whatever God has sowed in your heart today, that you know that God will not leave that alone. Um, that God runs towards you with the same fervor and recklessness that the, that the father runs to the prodigal son and the older son, you know, um, and um, <laughs> I, uh, I started listening to BTS, if you know what band that is. They're like from South Korea. Oh my God, I love them. So um, 
but like around this time where I started thinking about like, and like a lot of, I think one of their like trilogy CDs was about like loving yourself. And there's this lyric, you know, translated into English, which is, you know, um, every scar, every scar that was formed are the constellations to guide us to, to lead, to love the me from yesterday, the me from today and the me from tomorrow mm. without missing a single part, every single gap, everything that I lack, everything, like I'm learning how to love myself. And, and I think that that's what God calls us to is, you know, God says, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Yeah, that's, <clears throat> there's a quote I saw the other day that said, I will, or it said, I am in the process of forgiving myself when I didn't know better. Absolutely. That space of self-forgiveness that's not prideful, that's not selfish, that is 100% gospel. That it, it is the space that Jesus stands there and says, I called you to freedom. Mm -hmm. I've called you up. Don't let anyone, what it says in the Bible, like don't let anyone call something unclean that's been called clean. Absolutely. If God has called you to this, <clears throat> go. I wrote down on the bottom of my <laughs> chicken scratch notes, um, <laughs> maintain or cultivate defiant joy. And that like, you know, out of all sorrow, uh, years ago I learned out of, True joy is born is born born out of true sorrow. Absolutely, like out of the, the tears that we've sown, there's this harvest of joy that <clears throat> cannot be manufactured. That like no one can rob us of no, no one can remind you of your trauma and then the joy goes away. Like it's this unshakable joy that is defiant. It's rebellious. It's the, yeah, and, or the, so what? Right, right. Instead of, oh yeah, you're right. Instead of shrinking, it's so what? It's God has promised that if I sow in tears, I will reap in songs of joy. So yeah. you might be reminding me of my tears, but that didn't have the last word. And that's why as we lean into the reality between this like Good Friday and Easter, Holy Saturday that we celebrate in the Lutheran church is like the day that we remember that Jesus went into hell and like freed people. Like, God does not shy away from the ugliness of whatever we have experienced. And God will, as Christ did, reach into the depths of hell, reach into the depths of our own personal hell and pull us up so that yeah. we can experience true resurrection in our lives. Yeah, goodness. I mean, I'm t there, there's probably like five other episodes in this one episode <laughs> that I could probably- <laughs> <laughs> I could probably take this and ask somebody, hey, can you give me like five mini episodes out of this one? But I'm not going to touch it because I said before I pressed record that this is just going to, we're going to talk about this message, but like, let's just see where the Holy Spirit takes it. And like, I'm grateful that you are that receptive, that you're like, yes, like, I've prayed and I've had a conversation with God and here we are. So let's go, you know? Um, and so my commitment to not touch what God has done is to just submit it to the podcast 
And so if you're listening to the podcast, that's what you just heard. Like there weren't, there was no editing. There were no second takes. There were, it's funny. Cause like I looked over and my coffee cup was empty and I was like, oh, my throat's getting dry. <laughs> like I'm no, like, I my Wonder Woman mug. Right. I was like, I'm either going to start coughing or I better drink the last sip that's in there. But um, so there's, you know, there were no takes because like real talk, like there, there are no edits in life. Like you go, you go and like Pastor Rachel just said, like, we're not, I'm not even pretending like I got it together. Cause like, I ain't got it together. I'm a work in progress. <laughs> as I speak, as I speak. And I, like I said, as you were walking through the body scan, I'm like, I was feeling it myself. Like that, that is a, we're going to make that happen to have an actual class of a live practice of a body scan blessing um, to help people in this space of finding their voice, giving them their voice lessons because our bodies have a language. And that's part, that's hugely connected to our own audible voices. Yeah. So if we can't have a conversation with our body and it's kind, we don't need to be having conversations from here <laughs> because right. like it said in Colossians, but I could keep talking because a, I love you. I know, I'm, so <laughs> I'm just like excited that I got to just like chill with you for like an hour and a half. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I'm like, yes, let's keep doing it. Cause I don't get to see you. <laughs> right. Um, but it's, um, just to honor people's time. Like I'm going to stop recording and, um, y'all stay tuned. Cause there's more to come. Cause this conversation just began. Um, mm -hmm. so around here, the goal of this podcast is to help you adjust your focus. And my prayer is that this conversation um, gave you enough to think about to go have a conversation with God, not so that you walk away and say, oh my gosh, let me tell you about what Reverend Rachel said. And let me tell you what Amia Freeman said, because this ain't about that. Mm -hmm. This is about you having, like you literally saying, this is my RSVP. I receive it. I'm going to go have the conversation with God. So let me pray for us. Um, and then we will chat on our next conversation. Father God, you are so kind, you are so good, and you are so tender in the way you take care of each one of us. I thank you, God, that when you call out to us, just as you did to Adam and Eve, and you say, where are you? It's not so that you can punish us. Yes, Lord. It's so that you can love us back to our original design. I thank you, God, that even when we respond and say, I was hiding, you have a conversation with us and say, who told you that? like a loving father would, who told you that that's what would happen? Mm. Who told, like, you, you, and then you offer us an opportunity to just get on the right path. Mm. God, I pray that wherever we've been hiding and covering ourselves up with whatever, because the list is too long, mm. whatever has been covering us up that was not your presence, I pray that you would reveal it to us and that where shame and guilt try to take over um, and deny us access to you, that your Holy Spirit would come in with a tender hand mm -hmm. and just slough it off. Yes, Lord. Just wipe it off 
and that we would come and sit in your presence and recognize just how much you love us and how much more you want to love us that we haven't tapped out on all the love that's available. We can't even come close to that. God, I just thank you. I thank you for Rachel. I pray that you would bless her home just for the way she serves you. I pray that you would settle her heart and her mind on anywhere that doesn't line up with your word. Um, I pray that as she continues to serve others that she would also be served. Um, and I pray that as much as she has a swollen heart to just um, bless other people, I pray that she would recognize that there are others who have been sent to bless her. For anyone that might be listening to this message, God, I pray that you would just spend some time with them because we know you don't go anywhere. We're the ones that move. That you would spend time with them in a way that they've never known you before. That if they need additional hands to hold or additional ears to listen, that you would place someone across their path that is just available without advice, without judgment, without criticism, but just a listening ear or a hand to hold. We thank you for the work that you're doing through this ministry across these airwaves. Um, and we just continue to just thank you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless you for your <laughs> thank and you your vulnerability and in, in, in doing the doing the things the hard things that God's calling you to do and I, I bless you Amia in in the way that you're trusting the spirit to be that that ruach that that breath that breath that meets us in between the inhale and the exhale as you as you walk through life um, mm. blessings to you sister thank you I receive it thank you